Uh, Brother Adrian knew what I was preaching on. He played that song on purpose. Set me up. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. That song will go right along with the message tonight. I've been meditating on this verse for about a week. I don't know that I can verbalize tonight what God has done in my heart with this verse. A very familiar passage of scripture. Proverbs chapter 3. Stand with me please. We're just going to read one verse. Verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. That's what I want to preach on tonight. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Lord, help us tonight as we explore the scriptures. Our hearts are thrilled with the opportunity tonight to be able to look into the treasures and the riches of the word of God. Bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I guess it was probably toward the first part of last week, God brought this verse to my mind, to my remembrance. By the way, it's one of the good things about memorizing Scripture. God can bring them back to your remembrance. Amen. When you read and you meditate and you study and you uh, memorize Scriptures, there's times God will bring verses back to you that will help you. Last week and this week I have meditated uh, almost constantly on this verse. I've preached from it, I'm sure, several times. We've all heard it preached from, but I want to focus tonight on the latter part of the verse. The Bible's filled with many, many verses dealing with the subject of understanding. In fact, I'm just going to give you a couple of them, right, just, just two or three right here to emphasize the importance of understanding. Proverbs 4, 5, Bible says, get wisdom. This is just the next chapter over, chapter 4, verse 5. Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse number 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Proverbs 16, verse 16. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather uh, to be chosen than silver. And so, I mean, if you start back, look at back at chapter one of Proverbs. Look at chapter one, verse one, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Look at verse number five, a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Verse 6, to understand a proverb and the interpretation and the words of the wise and their dark sayings. And that just sets the tone right there. I mean, just in the first couple of verses of the book of Proverbs, we find the emphasis that is placed. You'll find it referred to over and over throughout the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. But here's the problem. There's more than one kind of understanding in the Bible, all right? There's the understanding that comes from God, and then there is our own understanding. And that's really what I want to focus on tonight is the fact that we cannot lean upon our own understanding. What I would like to do tonight is I'd like to start at the end of verse number five 
and work backwards. First part of the verse is our goal, our ultimate goal. But we're going to start at the end of the verse and we're going to work backwards. Three points tonight. If you want to write these down, I'll give them to you on the screen so that you can maybe remember them. But we want to notice, first of all, the unbiblical thinking that is instilled in us. The unbiblical thinking and thought patterns that are instilled naturally within us. He closes out verse number five. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understandings. It is essential that you and I tonight grasp just how messed up our own understanding really is. In fact, Apostle Paul said there's nothing, there's, within my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Another place he talked about having no confidence in the flesh. So many passages of scripture we could look at tonight that would fit in with this thought of lean not unto thine own understanding, but we need to understand the basic premise that our own understanding, our own thoughts, our own thinking, our own thought patterns are 99.999% of the time unbiblical. All right, and so if, you're not, if we don't grasp that tonight, this verse isn't gonna mean much. Our goal is to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. So that means that you can't do both at the same time. Lean on your own understanding and trust in the Lord. They're polar opposites. Now, Sunday morning in the Sunday school class, I was in the college of career class with our singles and we dealt with a couple of verses that I'm gonna look at right now. So you're gonna hear some of these verses again. But I told you Sunday, I said, I've been meditating on this verse and all these verses that was in our lesson synced up with what I've been thinking about, about the understanding, our own understanding. Because you and I, as Christians, if we're not careful, we'll let things we don't understand keep us from trusting God. Let's just be honest. There's going to be a lot of things happen that's not going to make any sense. And if you try to make it make sense, you try to understand it, and you lean on your own understanding, you're going to have to abandon faith and trust in God in that process. God wants us to abandon leaning on our own understanding and turn rather to him and trust in him. Let me show you, let me just give you a handful of verses. Don't look these up. If you want them later, I'll post them on the church website on our, on our outlines page on the link there and you can go and pull up my whole notes here. Listen to this. I'm talking about how messed up, how messed up our understanding is. Let me just give you some verses. Romans 8, 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Judges 16, 6, in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Another verse in Proverbs, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We're talking about the unbiblical thinking and thought patterns that are naturally ingrained and instilled within us from birth. Psalm chapter 81, verse 12, so I gave them up unto their own heart's lusts, and they walked in their own counsels. Proverbs chapter three, verse seven, right in our text this evening. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Don't, don't let your, your understanding, don't let your, your uh, idea of wisdom be the standard that you go by. There's two different standards. There's two different kinds of wisdom. You know that, James. 
This wisdom is not from above. For where, where envying a strife, where, where envying a strife is, there's, there's a confusion and every evil work. And he says, this wisdom is earthly, sensual, devilish. This wisdom is not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And then the next verse tells us what God's wisdom is. But the wisdom that's from above, and then it gives us a list of eight things. The wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle, then easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Maybe that was seven things. And the Bible gives us a clear distinction between man's wisdom, God's wisdom, wisdom from below, wisdom from above, understanding from below, understanding from above, not the same thing. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. They'll justify it, they'll defend it till the cows come home. It's as wrong as they can be. Proverbs 23, verse number four, cease from thine own wisdom. Isaiah 5, 21, woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Are y'all seeing this? Romans 12, 16, be not wise in your own conceits. What a statement that is. Be not wise in your own conceits. you've You've taken your rejection of God to a level to where now there's arrogance, pride, and conceit, and you are still defending and justifying that earthly wisdom. Philippians 2.21, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Some of my favorite verses to preach on where the apostle Paul was talking about Timothy. I have no one like-minded who would naturally care for your state. He said, I want to send somebody down there to give me an accurate report uh, a state of the union of the church. I want them to come back and tell me what's going on and what needs to be done. And I can't find anybody that would naturally care for your state. Timothy's the only one like-minded. He said, because all men seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Those are two different things. When we're seeking our own, we can't seek Jesus Christ's because there's conflict there. Most people spend their whole life trying to get God to get on the same page with them instead of them getting on the same page with God. Here's another one. Second, uh, Second Timothy chapter number th- three, verse number two. For, it's all about the last days. Perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Goes on down. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Self-worshippers. I saw a book that was advertised yesterday. I was on the internet looking at something. I was looking for something. I can't remember what it was. And I came across this, I guess he's supposed to be a Christian, supposed to be a, a spiritual self-help guru. And the, whole, the name of the book was talking about how to, how to love yourself. I'm like, are you, do we need a tutorial on that in 2022? Where did Jesus ever once tell people to love their self? He said, deny yourself. That's what he said. If any man come not to me, here's what Jesus said. If any man come not to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and his children and his brethren, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I don't see any self-love in there, do you? I don't see any self-love where Paul said, I have to die daily. I'm crucified with Christ. 
I don't see any self-love where Paul said, I put my body, I beat my body under subjection. Come on. Self-love? People buying this stuff, reading this garbage. And you know what they're doing? They're elevating themselves above God. Lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. And when they're forced to make a decision, when they're confronted with biblical truth, they have to decide, am I going to love myself or am I going to love God? Well, if you've been reading self-love books, you're going to choose yourself over God 100% of the time. Nobody once has ever surrendered to preach because they love their self. Nobody's ever surrendered to go to the mission field because they love their self. Nobody's ever made a commitment in an altar, young person, to get married in a white wedding dress because you're a virgin and that white dress means purity and chastity. Nobody's ever made that decision because they love their self. Nobody's written a tithe check because they love their self. Nobody's ever filled out a faith promise missions card because they love their self. Are y'all getting this? We don't need any more books and tutorials and videos and self-help gurus teaching the people in 2022 how to love their self. That's our biggest problem. We got people today voting for reprobates because they think they might make five more dollars if they do. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. 2 Peter 3, 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers. Why are they scoffing? Because it goes on to say they are walking after their own lusts. They're mocking God because they've already figured out in their mind based on their own lusts and desires what they believe the truth to be. Can I tell you why people today laugh and scoff and mock Christians and Christianity and Bible preaching and Bible truths and and, and Bible strong, solid Bible churches? Can I tell you why people mock honoring your wedding vows while they mock and laugh and turn their nose up at getting married virgins and fleeing fornication and abstaining from all these things? You won't know why? Because they have judged life and they've judged the way they want to live their life based after their own lust and they mock God, mock truth. Because their own understanding is outweighing everything God says. Imagine having a church. Imagine having a unified church. The unified church. Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And it goes on down and talks about being of the same mind. Singleness of mind. Imagine if everybody in the church had the same mind, the same understanding, not the pastor's or not yours or not his or not hers, but Jesus's. Imagine. (laughs) Imagine what a church could do if everybody in there was on the same page, had the mind of Christ. But here's the problem. We got all of our minds coming into play, muddy in the water. And a missionary or evangelist or a pastor shifter can get up and preach a message on soul winning. And you got several people in here that try to get the mind of Christ and crucify their self and die to self and make fulfilling the Great Commission a priority in their weekly schedule. And then the rest of the crowd, they figure out some way to justify not doing it because, see, they're leaning on their own understanding. And it's unbiblical. And it goes straight across the board. Missions, tithing, living clean, living holy, praying. They can justify not praying. 
Well, I don't pray because I don't believe God's going to hear me. That's just a cop out. God does not hear 100% of the prayers that are not prayed. Come on, y'all. We justify our sin and disobedience. We prop it up with our own logic and our own reasoning and our own understanding. And you and I need to understand tonight that our natural tendency is to always think the opposite of God on everything. Which brings me to my second point. The unreliable tendency that is instinctive to us. The unbiblical thinking that is instilled in us, the Bible calls it thine own understanding that you've had from the time you were born. That natural man. But our, our tendency that is instinctive to us is when we are forced to make a decision, we automatically by default begin to lean on our own understanding. Nothing God says will ever register with our own understanding. Nothing the Bible says will ever appeal to our own understanding. Nothing the Holy Spirit of God inspired in this book will agree with our own understanding. But without fail, our default move when we are confronted with a choice is to lean on our own understanding. The word lean in this verse means to lean in, to trust in, or to support. Over and over again, our default action is to revert back to leaning on ourselves. And it occurred to me this morning that it is scientifically impossible to lean on yourself. Think about that. Now that's deep. It took me a week and a half to come up with that. Meditated on that verse for a week and a half and it occurred to me that you can't lean on yourself. I remember years and years ago, some of y'all remember this. I was a little boy and I wasn't, I wasn't even into this when it happened, but I remember it made waves. There was a Michael Jackson video that came out where he was leaning forward. I mean, leaning way out. Some of y'all remember that picture, Michael Jackson. How did he do that? Well, you can't. Unless you've got a peg sticking out of the floor and you've got a slot in your shoes and you slide your feet up in there and then you can lean forward, but you can't lean on yourself. You can't support yourself by leaning on yourself. So explain to me why every single time God comes to us and says something to us, tells us what he wants us to do, why is it that our default inclination is to lean on our own understanding rather than on him? It's like a rotten post eaten up with termites. It looks okay till you put some weight on it and the thing will crumble under you. I can tell you why a lot of Christians are flat on their face half the time. They lean on their own understanding all the time. First thing we do is rely on our own understanding. If it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't make sense, we balk. 
Preacher preaches, opens a passage of scripture, says open your Bible. You got your Bible laying right in your lap. You're reading it right along with him. That's what the Bible says. He explains the context, dissects the verse, looks at the meaning of the words, looks at what he's saying. The truth is clear, it's self-evident. And if you're saved, the Holy Spirit should be bearing witness with you that that's what it's talking about. And yet this, our first inclination is to throw up a red flag and say, well, I don't know about that. What do you not know about? Well, I never heard that before. Hate to pop your bubble, but there's a lot of things you ain't ever heard before. We can't explain it or logically work it out. We reject it as truth. I found this out a long time ago as a pastor. When people come to us for counseling, they don't want advice. They want approval. They already know what they're going to do. They're just now trying to sell me on it. So I can rubber stamp it so they can sit in church and smile and shake their head and go to the altar and cry and use half a box of Kleenexes and live in sin the whole time. I can't rubber stamp something God hadn't rubber stamped. I had a pastor text me today. He said, I got a bunch of people in my church. They don't listen to nothing I got to say. And I said, those people don't want a pastor. They want a puppet. They want to pull your strings and you dance to their tune. Or they can do whatever they want to do. And they can come in, shake your hand and feel spiritual and, and put, put a band-aid on their cancer. And go on back home and live in sin. Because they've already heard what God said and God ain't changing his mind just because you and I don't like it. A lot of pastors are getting run off because they're preaching what God said. The majority of people in the church don't like it. Instead of changing, line up with God, they just change preachers. That's right. I've had to look at a few people myself and say it'd be easier for you to move your letter than it would be for me to move my furniture. That's right. And by the way, you can move your letter, but a change of geography is not going to be a change of heart. Just because you go to a church where they compromise and put up with it and won't say nothing about it, don't make it any less wrong. What is the problem? Our problem is we lean to our own understanding and it is a default action every time we're forced to make a decision. And though we, it's, our, our understanding is never right and God has never been wrong, we still keep leaning on ourselves and our own understanding rather than leaning on Him. We either will accept or reject truth after we have waited out in our own understanding. Let's just be honest. Most Christians today don't live by faith. They live by feelings. Their feelings dictates, their feelings, their emotions is their moral compass. Whatever they feel like. Well, that's humanism. They, they came out with that 40 years ago. If it feels good, do it. Well, those old country songs and those old rock and roll songs, what we're feeling can't be wrong. Oh, yes, it can be wrong. And I don't know if there's a song. I just made that one up. Maybe I'll be a hit one day. It can't be wrong to feel this way towards you, baby, even though I'm married. Yes, it can be. <laughs> I hope y'all got that recorded. I'm going to build a song off that right there. Don't matter how wrong it is. 
No matter how wrong our understanding is, it gets us every time. Let me give you an example. This one's biblical. This was biblical. Relax. I ain't going to sing no more, I promise. Eve knew what God said. She heard, obviously, maybe from Adam, what God had said. She misquoted it, but she had a general idea. And she looks at the beast and says, we ain't supposed to touch it. She heard what God said, and then she heard what the serpent said. Hey, hath God said? No, no, that's not, that's not true. That's not what the day that you eat there, you'll not surely die. In fact, you'll be as gods, knowing good from evil. So she heard what God said, and she heard what the serpent said, and then she molded it all over in her mind, ran it through the blender and the processor, and and, and thought about it, and the Bible breaks it down like this right here. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, I think we could all agree, in this verse, she was not trusting in the Lord, she was leaning onto her own understanding. But this is what hit me in the shower this afternoon. It hit me, and I can't believe I ain't never thought about this before. The, 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 the deceit, the, the self-deceit, the, 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 our own understanding is so unreliable and deceitful that it was actually wrong on multiple levels. For example, she thought if I eat this, A, there's going to be instant gratification. That's going to be good fruit. We have no indication that it was. It never says if it was good or not. It looked good. She saw that it was good. I believe it was bitter, to be honest with you. It left a bitter taste in her mouth. But here's the two things that her understanding told her. Instant gratification and long-term benefits. It'll make you wise. You'll be like God's. So in her mind, she's already built a straw man argument completely contrary to what God said. And her understanding was wrong on every one of them. Here's what the devil will do. If he can't get you with one lie, he'll build a whole pile of them. Whatever he's got to do to get you sucked in to going against God. And he'll think, you'll think, oh man, I know this is wrong, but this... And the devil will say, oh, yeah, and, and then, then this. Oh, oh, yeah, and then this over here. And I know, I know these people ain't going to like it. And I know that person's probably going to look bad at you. And that, that other person over there is probably going to say something. And I know that Bible verse says that. And I know that message the preacher preached was to you and it dealt with that. But, but, but think, about, think about the positive. Think about this. Think about if you do this and you do this and you do this. And so what you do is you lean on your own understanding. And it's never, ever right. It's never right. Her understanding led her to believe there would be instant gratification as well as long-term benefits. She was wrong on both accounts. Our default response to instruction from God is to judge it through our limited understanding. And here's where I really want to get this point right here. I'm not being condescending and I'm not being insulting tonight. But mine and your understanding is not up to the test. There's so much we don't know. There's not only so much we don't know, but a lot of what we know is wrong. 
I made a short list. In most cases, our understanding is a composite of hurtful experiences. Huh? Our knowledge is the result of being burned or hurt or mistreated. And those things burn into our memory and they affect our decisions if we let them. Why do you think there's people tonight that that's not in church? Because they got hurt in church. So they've allowed that hurtful experience to dictate whether or not they even go to church. Is that right? And they can justify it all day long, but it's not biblical. Just like it's not biblical two and a half years later to still be staying home because of COVID. I'm not even going to play that game with you anymore. We're so past that. It's not biblical. I talked to somebody today or yesterday. I talked to somebody yesterday and they said, this woman works at Walmart, but she won't go to church because she's afraid of getting COVID. I said, liar. She's lying. She don't go to church because she don't want to go to church. Hurtful experiences, harmful exposures. Our understanding is a composite of hurtful experiences, harmful exposures. The wrong people with the wrong agendas have influenced us. We have given an ear to people that are just wrong. And they have influenced our understanding. They've influenced our, our worldview. They've influenced the way we look at everything. They, and when we, when we hear the Bible and we hear truth, we look at it through the lens of just bad intel. I told the guys this morning in staff meeting, I said, I've come to the conclusion that most people would rather have bad intel than no intel. All right. Some of y'all looking at me like, what is he talking about? You'd rather get bad intelligence, bad information, than operate without any information. Here's the problem. The just live by faith. God's not obligated to give you any information at all. All he's obligated to do is to tell you what to do, and our job is to just do it. We don't have to have all the explanations. When the military goes and they perform a mission, they get a mission brief, they find out what the mission is and where their insertion point is and what the objective is and who the teams are. They get to pick all their ammo and their guns and this and that and they got an extraction point and they got a plan B and they got contingencies and they've got a little folder and they got all this information and then they go and they do whatever their orders were. But God doesn't do that. God just says go. Sometimes God says go and don't even tell you where you're going. He told Abraham to go. He said, I'll tell you when you're there, when you get there. He left and looked for his city. He didn't even know where he was going. Come on, y'all. God don't have to fill us in all the details. That's why I said some people would rather have bad information than no information. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you have to have all the details before you obey God, you're operating in your own understanding. You know what I found out a long time ago? I found out a lot of times God won't tell you all the details because if he did, it really would scare you off. Amen. God didn't tell me before I came to Calvary Baptist Church in Dundalk the junk I had to deal with after I got here. If he had, a, I'd have put a saddle on cinnamon and I'd have still been riding toward Utah right now. I went that away. You talking about Jonah? 
He said, I've been with you. Yeah. Jonah went in the opposite direction because he knew a little bit too much about Nineveh. Come on now. We got people today who'd rather get bad information than operate with none. Well, I hate to break it to you, but bad intel will get you killed. And there's a lot of people out there filling our heads and our hearts and our ears with lies and deception that is, that is tainting our ability to trust God because it is adversely affecting our understanding. Hurtful experiences, harmful exposures. Our understanding is a composite of halfway or half-witted explanations. I hate to break it to you, but sometimes you got somebody just as dumb as you are teaching you. You got the, Jesus said it like this. Okay, I'm not dumb. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. We're all dumb about different things. Here's, here's how Jesus said it. You got the blind leading the blind. You both fall in the ditch. How much do you know if the person that's teaching you is as dumb as you are? That's like putting a five-year-old teaching K-5. Well, we all understand each other. Okay, whatever. Here's another one. Our understanding is a composite of hurtful experiences, harmful exposures, half-witted or halfway explanations, and haughty exemptions. Well, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, preacher, that's a great message, but see, you don't understand my circumstances, my situation. God, God's going to give me a pass on that commandment. I can, I can break that commandment. Y'all can't because you don't have the same background and life circumstances and situations and dynamics that I have. Well, now, nobody would ever say it like that, but they live that way. All the time. My circumstances make me special. The devil will give you as many reasons for you not to tithe as it takes to get you to stop tithing. If he gives you 10 and you still want to tithe, he'll give you 11. He'll give you 12 reasons until you stop tithing. Whatever it takes to make you convinced that you don't have to do that, everybody else does. You know what you're doing? You're leaning on your own understanding and it's unreliable. Let me give you one more. Can you handle one more? This is the good part. We started at the hard part and we worked our way backwards. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Write this down. The unreserved trust that is instructed for us. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. With all thine heart. No reservations. No crossing your fingers. <laughs> Ooh, just, just jumping in. Just doing it. Just trusting the God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto that own understanding. So instead of leaning on your own understanding, you lean on Him. Here, here, here's the visual image I gave the guys this morning in the preview for this message. You're standing on the, you're standing on the edge of this cliff and your, your, your understanding is over here. It's a rotten post eat up with rot and termites. It looks good. And you've got to decide, am I going to lean on something that's unreliable that I can see, or am I going to rely on something or someone that's reliable that I can't see? Because you can't see him. Should I quote it again? Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it. That's why it's called faith. And for some reason or other, we hadn't yet figured out that what 
the one we can't see will never let us down and the understanding that we can see will let us down every single time. That's where we're at. With every decision we make as a Christian, that's what it boils down to. Am I trusting in God or am I leaning on my own understanding? Because you can't do both at the same time. I can't read without my glasses. When we lean on our own understanding, watch this. When we lean on our understanding, we do several things. Number one, we overvalue our own intellect. We, over, we, put, we put more value on our intellect than it's really worth. In other words, kids, we think we're smarter than we really are. When you choose your own understanding over God's plain, written, inspired word, basically what you're saying is, I'm way smarter than I think I am. We overvalue our own intellect. And secondly, we undervalue God's intellect. In, in essence, now we would not say that with our lips. We would not, right before we walked into the liquor store to buy liquor, we would not stand in the parking lot, look up to heaven, and say, Lord, I know you don't want me to go in here and drink this, but I'm smarter than you, so I'm going to go buy. We would never say that, but by going in there, that's what we're saying. Every time we sin, every time we do something wrong, that's basically what we're saying. God's wrong, and I'm right. And you wonder why God hates pride so much. We allow what we think to outweigh what God knows. Well, I think, stop right there. <laughs> Before you hurt yourself, just stop right there. Well, I think, I think that maybe, what about what God said? How crazy is that? And just in case you're sitting there thinking, oh, I, know, I know I'm not that dumb. I know I can't be that bad off. I know my understanding of Scripture and the Christian life and my circumstances and my family dynamics and all this. I know I can't be that far off. Let me just read you a verse or two that will help you put that in perspective. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So whatever you're thinking cannot even compare to what God's thinking. And whatever way you've worked out and, and justified and concluded that this is the path you need to take, whatever way you decide you want to take his ways are far high, as far as the heavens are above the earth. How far is the sun from here? 93 million miles? Does that sound about right? Anybody remember that from school? Am I close? 93 million miles. That's just the sun. Oh, it goes on, goes on for a while past the sun. And that's how far his ways and thoughts are above ours. So let's go back, let's back this train up just a second. Do you think for one second you're anywhere near as smart as God? Of course we're not. And my other verse I love, Brother Adrian loves it when I quote this verse because he loves this verse too. Psalm 113, here's, what, here's how big God is. 
Psalm 113, four, five, and six, the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwelleth on high, watch this, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven. <laughs> and in earth, he has to get down on his knees to see what's going on in heaven. That's how big he is. What was that we were saying a minute ago about being smart as God and got it all figured out? I don't think so. That's why he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Because when you do, you'll get in trouble every single time. Father, we thank you tonight for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for the reminder from the scriptures that you're right and we're wrong. That's what it boils down to, Lord. You're right, we're wrong. You know best. We have no idea. We have no clue. When it comes to making decisions, when it comes to making life choices, when it comes to selecting a mate, when it comes to leading our family, when it comes to living the Christian life, Lord, we cannot lean unto our own understanding. It will not work. God, I pray that you help us tonight to make the decision to stop leaning on our own understanding, which is impossible to do successfully, and to lean on the mighty, never-failing arms of Almighty God. I pray tonight that you'd build our faith in you. I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd break down our faith in ourself. Destroy, undermine, eradicate our trusting in our own understanding tonight, Father. Just break all that down. And may we acknowledge that our own lusts and our own conceits and our own ways and our own understanding, Lord, is not reliable. Teach us to walk by faith. Teach us to trust you. There may be somebody here tonight that says, Pastor Shifflett, I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I hope I would go to heaven. I think I'd go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell, but I can't say for sure that if I died that I would go to heaven. I can't remember the time and place where I ever bowed my head, bowed my heart, repented of my sins, and trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I would like for you to pray for me. I'm not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Would you slip your hand up right where I can see it? Folks are praying, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. But would you slip your hand up so I can see it? Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure if I died tonight that I would go to heaven. Please pray for me. Anybody, anywhere, would you slip your hand up so I can see it? I wouldn't want to miss you tonight. I wouldn't want to miss you. If there's people watching online, there's a phone number on the screen right now. If you'll text that number, somebody will call you in a few minutes with the Bible. We'll try to help you over the phone best we can.